Welcome to On Call with Dr. Anselm Anyoha. In this podcast, learn about the social, emotional, and physical health of children and their journey from birth through preschool and beyond. Find compassionate answers to issues parents and children face and that pediatricians encounter every day. Discussions in this podcast are not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. Parents and caregivers, talk with your children's pediatricians or doctors about topics and perspectives presented here. You are on call with Dr. Anslem Anyoha. Hello and welcome, everyone. Today, Dr. Anyoha is talking with us about something called synchrony or active engagement, which is the last part of the five-part series we started in the previous podcasts about the newborn caregiver relationship. Active engagement helps parents develop a quality relationship and bond with their newborns. And today, we're going to find out exactly what that means. Welcome, Dr. Anyoha. Can you tell us more about what you mean by active engagement? I think active engagement is when a parent engages their baby in a timely fashion. For example, a baby who's asking for a hug and does not get it, does not get it for at least a minute, is not an active engagement. Active engagement is turning to the baby in a timely fashion. What age baby are we talking about at this time? Babies have the capacity to engage actively from the day they were born. And the nurses do that very well in the delivery room. When immediately a baby is born, the delivery nurses will place the baby on the mother's abdomen or chest for a skin-to-skin contact. That's a demonstration of active engagement right there. It sounds to me like nurses start this process in the hospital and you help parents understand what the baby is trying to communicate so that they can continue this process of active engagement at home. There are a few things parents can do to begin engaging the baby actively. That could be through touch. Holding the baby is a very good example of active engagement. Talking to the baby, or trying to look into the baby's face. So these are all avenues parents can actively engage the baby. And of course, the most important thing is to look for opportunities when it presents, especially in the new baby. Parents have to actively look for opportunities to actively engage with them. A parent might be wondering if a newborn might reach out for a hug and the parent might not notice that right away. What are some ways you advise parents for newborns to help them so they can actively engage? Opportunity present itself when a baby is awake, maybe for perhaps one hour. The mother, for example, hold the baby's fingers or put her fingers on the baby's palm for grasp. Every time the baby is awake is an opportunity for parents to engage. As the baby begins to get older, parents will have more opportunities. This topic is very important because of the social media out there. There's a lot of uh, distractions right now. Parents are distracted. Some of them on TV, some of them on uh, Facebook, TikToks, and Instagram. They're always surfing the web. So babies can be easily forgotten in this mix of activities. Even the older kids, too, take attention away from the parents. I'll remind parents to find time to actively engage with the newborn is very important, as that helps with brain development 
and ability to acquire words. You mentioned pediatricians are most impactful to children when they share social, emotional strategies with their caregivers. Can you tell us a little bit more about how pediatricians can help parents in this way? Pediatricians are very important resource for parents of newborn. I would like a lot more pediatricians to focus on social emotional needs of babies instead of focusing more on physical health like weight, height, and other things. They should focus on helping parents form quality bonds and relationship with their babies and giving parents tips to actively engage with the baby to become a sensitive caregiver to create a calm environment for the babies to give them ba parents skills how to calm and soothe their babies these are things the pediatricians can advocate and share with the parents it's good to start all these practices when the baby is a newborn that is when this is very effective because during the newborn stage, the brain is actively developing and this communication between parents and the, the newborn is the fuel that helps to uh, nurture the brain for language and world acquisition. Even for experienced parents, hearing all these methods of bonding with, with their newborns, the parents want to hear that reinforcement from experts like pediatricians that they're doing the right thing and this is going to help their baby with ongoing social emotional development so i have another question doctors often have very little time to spend with patients and parents with their newborns how would pediatricians get more tuned into this that's why i'm doing this that's why i'm podcasting on this issue, because it's a, an issue pediatricians don't always talk about. They seldom talk about social emotional needs of babies. But I think this is a very critical aspect of life because the love we share with our children when they're young is the love that we share with others when they get older. This is a very critical part of uh, pediatric practice. And I hope pediatricians can accommodate some of this in their practices or refer parents to resources such as this to learn about how they can bond adequately and develop adequate relationship with their babies. I imagine parents and caregivers, when they're listening to this podcast, will be inspired to pay attention to those cues I know you're saying they communicate with nonverbal cues, but parents and caregivers might also be waiting and looking for verbal cues as well. What if a parent or caregiver tells you they're not expressing themselves with any words at all? Yes, this is a very common problem right now. A lot of kids I'm finding suffer from speech and language deficits. They can't use their words. There's a autism spectrum disorders. Usually parents notice this inability to use words around age 15 months, 18 months, when friends are supposed to have a lot of vocabularies. There's been a rise in the incidence of autism spectrum disorder. 
it could be because of uh, increasing awareness or some other things going on. Usually when a parent complains about that, the most the first important thing a pediatrician does is to determine whether the child could hear. Because if he can hear, he can learn. So um, checking out hearing, making sure the baby could hear is the very first thing babies will recommend when a baby or a child has difficulty with language. And usually in, in United States hospitals, newborns get hearing tests done before they go home. Every newborn gets hearing tests just to make sure they can hear before they go home. Do you have any success stories you can share with us about parents who find unexpected ways to build that nurturing emotional bond with their newborn? I remember this mother who brought one-month-old infant to my office the other day, and I held the baby. The baby is about four weeks old, not old enough to engage in social smile. So I held the baby, and I was trying to so hard to elicit some smile from the baby. So I went into my mother's talk, like baby talk. And I tried and I, I got through and the baby gave me a smile. <laughs> so the parent, she liked that, that I was able to provoke a smile on this baby, which is about four weeks old. So parents can try to engage actively in this fashion. Usually babies develop social smile at age six weeks or eight weeks. But parents can begin to try before age six weeks or even eight weeks. That's the kind of active engagement I'm talking about. Tell us the time frame. I think parents would like to know this. So from a newborn to, let's say, four weeks or eight weeks, for parents who are taking an active role and are finding ways to emotionally connect and nurture their newborn, what can they expect? So the level of engagement depends on the age of the baby. Parents could be very creative. And they're very resourceful. Parents are very resourceful. This young man who brought a one-week-old child to my office, and when we begin talking about engagement, he told me how he presses on the baby's uh, sole foot with his hands, and the baby pushes back on his hands, and they go back and forth. He seems to be enjoying that, and he shared that with me. He kind of invented that himself. That is not in textbook. They don't teach that in schools. When I told him that babies wiggle a lot, he said, yes, they do. And he told me how by stroking the sides of the baby, he could actually stop the wiggling a little bit. So that was very resourceful of this dad. And as he talks about that, he's very happy. My affirmation was very useful to him. And he knows that he's doing the right thing. What I did was share with him the positive results that comes with that kind of interaction. The baby's just barely a week old. One week old, and the, the dad is doing all these things for, on the baby. So I thought that was cool to share. So when you saw this father with this one-week-old baby, I mean, this is a small baby, right? <laughs> yeah, the babies are quite small. Our baby's about seven pounds. Usually babies are about seven pounds when they're born. It could be six pounds, but they could do a lot. At this age, babies engage through touching by parents playing with their hands and feet and hugging them. This is how babies communicate and engage at this age. But babies can hear very well 
I think that's probably why lullaby is a very important as a way of in, active engagement in babies. And it, it varies from culture to culture. Some cultures are using lullabies to engage actively. There's no one way parents should engage. They have to be very creative. And the most important thing to know is that this is a very important thing parents should do to be able to fuel the growth of the brain cells, help the baby develop language skills when they grow up. So I have two questions. My first question is, can you tell us a little bit more about the cultural differences you mentioned, how people nurture children, especially newborns? Yeah. Um, like in my, in, I, grew up in, I grew up in Nigeria as a child. I babysat some of my siblings too. And singing a lullaby is a very important aspect of engaging. I still remember them because they're generational. They're passed from generation to generation. And they help the baby suit and calm. It makes the baby listen. It's uh, a pathway for active engagement. And it helps create a relationship between babies and their parents. So that's a cool thing. My other question was, it seems like what you're trying to share with parents and listeners is the difference between passive engagement and active engagement. And passive engagement is something that you wait for the baby to give you a cue and then you respond. Whereas it seems that you're saying that active engagement is how the parent can play an active role in actually helping this baby develop. And so my other question also related to that is, it seemed to me I was thinking that while the baby is in the womb, the mother might be talking to the baby. The, the, the baby has already begun this relationship with the mother before it's even out in the world. So isn't this kind of a continuation of that in some ways? Definitely. A baby in the womb is actively engaged. Whatever parents, whatever the mother is doing might affect the baby. So this is a continuation of that engagement until the baby is born. It's a continuation. If you were giving a closing thought, what is the best affirmation that a parent can hear or receive knowing that they're doing the right things to actively engage their newborn? Let's say they've listened to this show and they're getting ideas about how they can more actively engage with their newborn. What's your best advice to that parent so they know they're doing the right things? I tell parents, be interactive, be creative. The more creative you are, the better. There's no one rule that fits all interaction. It's cultural and it should be robust. Baby, mother, baby, parent interaction should be very robust and geared towards all the senses. The love the baby receive from their parents is the love they will share with adults, uh, partners when they grow up. So this is a very critical part of uh, life. And we spend about five episodes talking about this because a lot of pediatricians don't have time to, to talk about this critical aspect of life. When a baby is between newborn and two months and three months, it cannot be overemphasized that this is a critical time when baby's brain flourishes and active parental engagement is the fuel that will make the cells interconnect and develop positive emotions. Giving a baby a good start is good for the newborn, good for the parents, and it's just good overall. I think that's a very good topic to talk about. And I wish uh, all the pediatricians should, if they don't have time, give these podcasts as resources or other podcasts that dealt with parents, caregiver, uh, newborn relationship.
In the next episode, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about things every parent needs to know about common health conditions that can affect newborns. I know you might have a lot of questions. Dr. Anyoha has answers. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for this episode. To answer questions you may have in a future podcast, write to Dr. Anyoha on his website at moderneropediatrics.com. Listen to On Call with Dr. Anyoha wherever you find your podcast.